0: So this morning I have the great pleasure of introducing our guest speaker, and I actually brought a cheat sheet with me because his list of accomplishments is too long for me to remember. So (laughs) I didn't want to get it wrong, but our guest this morning is a graduate of the Citadel. He's a former U.S. Marine counterterrorism officer, CIA intelligence special operations group officer. And let's not forget that he's my favorite character on NBC's The Blacklist. (laughs) But one of the most impressive things is the things like when he sits and tells me stories about how he has sat on a banana boat in the middle of a lake in Central America, unarmed, negotiating for the life of one child. That, to me, says it all. So if you want to... Here, more than he's going to be able to tell you this morning, he has a few books with him this morning. It's called something bigger than overthrowing small governments, and there really is only a few. Um, so, Rich will be back at the information table after service if you want to grab one. Okay, um, it's a forty. are say it's a fifty-dollar book, um, <clears throat> and you would think this guy who has this long list of accomplishments would be very. You know, I think I would be. Uh, but he is also one of the most humble and kind people I have ever met, and I truly am blessed by his friendship. So uh, it is my pleasure to announce to you this morning, Basil Boss.
1: <laughs> Thank you. So. Yeah, please. Thank Are you. you. Using <laughs> Thank you. Can you hear me? Okay, out here. He doesn't want to use this. Does this work? How's that? Can you hear me? Great. Oh, you guys are pretty amazing. Um, Pastor Rick, Ann, Richard, just so many people in this church all together supporting what we do to rescue children. And in addition to that, I'd like to... I want to give a special notice to a couple people that showed up here. Dad Turner um, is my right-hand guy for Association for Recovery of Children. He's a local. You guys know him. Most people know him as the guy who runs the YMCA. (laughs) I know him as the guy who on multiple occasions literally was responsible for national security issues so far on the cutting edge that if he had not done what he did, none of us would be sitting here. Next to him is Lincoln. You know Lincoln, Lincoln is on our board of directors. Without Lincoln's support, I would not be able to stay in my lane. And outside of that is Papa Turner and Mama Turner. That's parents. And uh, I'd like you to bless them with a round of applause if you would. Honor your parents with the way you live your life. Always remember that. It'll pay off. I, uh, when I left Colorado, many of you know, of course our friends here to fight fires. We were fighting fires in Colorado. But I had the pleasure of meeting with a very elderly couple, a, a, a Jewish couple, great friends. I love them the, the best. They're the ones that helped me study the Torah and the Bible at the same time. And they bring our Christianity into a whole different perspective sometimes. Um, Sid and Matilda Irvin. And believe it or not, they, they just celebrated their 70th wedding anniversary. Wow. Yeah, go figure. And so much to the point that they went over to Israel. Anybody been to Israel? Been to the King David Hotel? That's where they stayed. It's a pretty big hotel. And they had the best time of their life. I mean 70 years that's a long time. But uh, they partied all night, party hard I heard. Um, probably wasn't good for Matilda. Uh, so much to the point that and I, I don't say this sadly but I rejoice because I know she's in heaven but she passed away the next morning. <clears throat> yeah and uh, Sid uh, went down to the concierge at the David Hotel and uh, you need to know this because if you ever go there they're very helpful and he said I I have to make arrangements for Matilda to get back to the United States and so he called the American Embassy and they did a great job they said look for $15,000 we can get her back to the States and that was a pretty good deal believe me if you've ever been in that situation before Um, and uh, there was no negotiation or anything and he hung up the phone and the the concierge said I I overheard your conversation Um, and I'm just curious he goes you know we can actually bury Matilda here among her people for $150. There you go, $150. Be right here with her people, her heritage. And uh, Sid did think about it a little bit. And uh, he said, no, you know what, I, I'm fine. The American Embassy is actually doing a great job, and I'll pay the 15 grand. And I uh, started to walk away, and then the concierge said, grabbed me by the shoulder and said, wait, I just, I just have to know, why would you turn up this opportunity? To bury your wife here in Israel among your people among her people and he said well I'll tell you he said I heard this story about this nice little Jewish boy that got buried here and three days later he rose from the dead and I can't afford that it happens <laughs> So, good morning, it's an honor to be here, and my name is Basil Boz, and I am, that's a weird name to begin with, that's about as weird as that joke, wasn't it, yeah. Uh, I'm the founder of the Association for the Recovery of Children, it's a non organization, 501c3, of former intelligence, military, and law enforcement officers that are dedicated to the recovery of missing and exploited and trafficked American children. We've been around since 1993, we're probably one of the oldest running child rescue organizations in the United States. And uh, you can find us if you go to recoveryofchildren.org. You can learn a lot more about us. Um, We're founded in 1993, as I mentioned. And by God's almighty hand, and I mean this with all seriousness, we have a 100% success rate in every child that we've gone after we've brought home. But that's only because of God. Bad and I were just talking the other morning at breakfast. You know, people know a lot, a few things about us. That we're tier one operators. We're the, we're not, we were not responsible for Osama bin Laden. But to give you a perspective, it's, it's those type of operators that, that's the culture we come from. So people think that's really cool and sexy and that we can do everything. We do all the magic. We can do all that. And, and we can do a lot. But we could do none of that without God's miracles. We just could not. It's impossible. And anybody that tells you that they do it all on their own, they're either smoking weed or they've never been (laughs) downrange. That's just it. Now, generally, what happens with us is that God waits, literally, I promise you this, He waits until we're in the middle of running a perfect operation, and He takes all of our options away. If you want to talk about that, Dad and I were in Cambodia recently and literally the worst-case scenario started evolving and all our options got taken away. Now I've learned that this is just his way of showing up, it's his way of making sure that we don't take credit for anything and that all the victory for saving a child really goes to him. Um, He must know enough about our hidden ego to know that if we were even given the slightest moment we would try to brag about it maybe, I don't know. I and mean, in fact, we've gotten so used to it that we find ourselves more on our knees or when our options get taken away and that or Juan or whoever it may be, we'll look across the table and say, I think we need to pray. And so we do. And what happens is during those critical moments, we start seeing miracles. We see the hand of God, so to speak. Um, and the miracles do occur in such a degree that not one single operation has not been saturated with a biblical proportionate Miracle. I promise you. It's crazy. We call them Red Sea Openings. That's what we've gotten used to doing. And on any other day outside of today, I'd be more than happy to sit with you, even after the service. And if you're interested in hearing one miracle after another, Lazarus-type miracles, i will be more than happy to share those things with you. But today, what I'd like to do is provide you with a few things to think about. And these are things that hopefully will bless you and inspire you to come closer to the creator of this heaven and this earth. The God who loves you more than anyone ever could. And that's the God that sustains the very breath inside of each of you right now. Right Because if He didn't, you wouldn't be here. Now this I understand very clear, clearly and you probably understand that very clearly also, but there are some things that I do not understand. I don't understand why there are 421,000 missing children in America in 2019. I don't understand why I'm alive or Thad's alive and many of our friends who went downrange are no longer alive. And I don't understand why corruption is within the ranks of our government systems that appears to go unpunished year after year after year. And I don't understand why a man and a woman who has longed to have their first child loses that child in a miscarriage. And I don't understand why some die of cancer and some do not. And for many years, and many of you, we wish maybe had never happened to us in our lives a complete standstill. And to some we may even fall into love with them for the rest of our lives kind of we're stuck in this kind of emotional quagmire and unable to own life but save the lives of others. To get into a challenging situation that he's not provided a way out or a formula. And that's why he tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall do what? Direct your paths. Go back today and do me a favor. I want you to read Proverbs 5. Look, you can read the instruction manual It's no different than if you're reading the ingredients to bake something at home, right? Until you physically go home today and apply yourself. So what? uh, let's imagine we're all standing in the middle of the road and much to our surprise a car comes around the corner, right? (laughs) Whoever you want to be in the road with me. And we're all struck by the event as we are with many things that catch us by surprise in life, right? Many unexpected happenings. I look at you and say, why'd that guy driving the car run over us? And you say, I don't know why that guy driving the car ran over us. And I say, what was he thinking? And you say, he must have been out of his mind. Who would do such a thing? And I say, I don't understand why he wasn't more careful. And you say, I just want to understand why he wasn't obeying the speed limit. While we're standing in the the middle of the road trying to understand what happened, do you know what's going to happen to us? We get hit by another car. (laughs) Get out of the road. Get out of the road. And most of the time that is what God requires of us right after something very unpredictable or surprisingly unexpected happens to us. Get out of the road. And once you're on the sidewalk where generally it's a lot safer You can stand there all day long looking at one another but honestly you and I may never see that guy again to ask him the question why did you run over us? Or understand why he ran over us. And if you're waiting around for that to happen that's exactly what you're going to be doing in life. Waiting. You're just going to be waiting. Not making one move down a path to your future that God has for you to bless you. So if you can get to the point where you don't need to understand then you'll start walking down the path perhaps on the sidewalk where it's safer like I said (laughs) while God is directing your paths. Now for you that have never thought about it a path is meant to be walked on. Okay generally not there just to stand around on it. It's going somewhere. It's leading to a destination. It's a journey and you follow or you use it as a road map to get somewhere. And did God not say in Proverbs 3.6, He shall direct your, what, paths? Of course He did. And it's described in Psalms 136, if God can take Israel from Egypt, which was the middle of the road... Divide the Red Sea and let them pass through it. Overthrow Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. And by the way, that's not a fable. Archaeologists are digging that stuff up now, just so you know. Lead Israel through the wilderness. Strike down great kings and rescue them from their enemies and get them to the promised land. Don't you think he can get you down the sidewalk to follow the path he has for you? Of course he can. So why is it so difficult even now for many of us, me included from time to time and many of you in the audience here sitting in this church, to be okay with not understanding and get get on with your life? Why are we having a problem with that? Why is it that you have to understand? Because you're a control freak. (laughs) That's it. You're a control freak. Like most human beings, we think as long as we have control, we're better off than allowing God to have control. And most of us feel that until we understand and can put all the pieces of the puzzle together, we're going to dig our heels in, be stubborn and not move in one direction or the other, no matter what God is wanting for us. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in the human race, particularly for believers. Who do we think we are? The very breath you have is God's. It is not yours. So who do we think we are? That we should stand before God and go, I'm in control, and until I understand this, I'm not going anywhere. I don't care what you have for me. So perhaps you're angry at God, and you feel justified in your actions or your stubbornness. Well, you can feel however you want to feel. I'm not here to fix you. That's God's job. And I'm not here to shame you into doing anything other than to do what you want to do. And if you want to stay in the middle of the road, do it. Eventually there's only two outcomes. You either learn your lesson or you get run over so many times that you're no longer alive to learn anything. Like I said, I'm not here to fix you. You put your big boy pants on and you go have that conversation with God. But I will tell you this fact. If God can't move you, He'll move around you. I see it every single day. For those out there that are saying to themselves then, I think, Boz, I'd really like to learn to be okay with not understanding. But not sure how to let go of my control and let God direct my ways or my paths, so to speak. Well, here's God's wisdom in doing that. Be with Him. Yep, just be with Him. So many Christians spend their time with God asking Him for things. It's become a habit. Like God is the go-to guy for not only things we need, but things we want. Every morning when we get up and we pray, God, will you do this? Will you do this? Will you do this? Now, I'm not saying that God asking God things in prayer is not appropriate. It's, in fact, it's not wrong. In Matthew 21, 22, Jesus says, And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Or Luke eleven nine, 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. I mean, the scriptures are full of asking God for things. But come on, people, for the love of Pete. Let's get some balance here. I believe we're not receiving the full power of His promises when we just do nothing but ask Him for things and don't spend time in His presence to be saturated with His glory. Matthew 6, 8, God tells us that He already knows our needs. He says, Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. He's way ahead of the game. So if He already knows what we need, And why are we asking Him all the time, especially repeatedly, for the same thing? God doesn't have wax in His ears. It doesn't work that way. He heard you the first time. You just got to understand God. Let me put you in God's shoes. When I was a little boy, I loved following my father around. Just following him around to see what he did, who he was, got to know him, just being around him in his presence. And I think that I learned a lot from that and I learned a lot about my father what he was up to and I think we need to be more like our biblical ancestors and go before God and just be with him sometimes not asking him for anything but just soaking up the Holy Spirit have you ever had someone who you hear from every now and then and when you do it's only because they want something from you there's a lot of yes in here you have other people that who want very little from you and when they call you up it's just simply because they love you or they just want to be around you they want to get to know you look inside yourself and tell me how you feel about those two different types of people our heart isn't that far from God's heart and I often believe that God sometimes feels the same way and it's only his grace for all mankind that keeps Him loving those who could care less about getting to know Him and simply wanting to use Him. We are coming in a time in history talk about biblical proportions when if you are not connected to God in a personal relationship and all you do is ask Him and you are not saturated by the Holy Spirit and His power and His strength you will fall and you will fall hard so where am I going with all of this well If you can learn to be okay with not understanding, so you can have a more fulfilled life, so you can lead, go down the path that God has carved out for you, learn to spend more time just sitting with God, then I think that's wisdom. And I think that scripturally is what God requires of us. How many times did David in the Bible just go before God? Elijah, whoever it may be, they just went and got in God's presence. I remember one morning on a snowy day in the Rocky Mountains where I live near my home, hearing God summon me to go to a nearby mountain. And the urge was so strong that I couldn't resist it, and yet I had no understanding of why. Absolutely not. And I got to a point finally where I was okay with not understanding, but just being obedient and just listening and just doing. So I put my snowshoes on and I trekked on out and headed about probably a mile from my house clearly in the thick of nature, surrounded by evergreens and aspens and ponderosa pines. And there I was in the middle of basically kind of nowhere. Since the National Park is just 500 yards from my house, it's easy to get nowhere fast. And there was quiet sounds of nothing. Yeah, that's right, just absolutely like nothing. So I stood there where I thought I needed to be, and guess what? Still, there was nothing. I don't know what I was expecting. So I raised my hands and I yelled, I'm here. I did what you asked. You know what happened? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing happened. And I stood there silently waiting on God, silently waiting on God. And then I made the mistake of saying, I'm not leaving until you show up man all of a sudden Holy Spirit consumed me I buckled on my knees in the snow and there I went and I wept uncontrollably like a child breathing in the presence of God in all his glory and it was as if I had found Psalms 91 which he says he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. And all I did was kneel there and giving thanks just like it directed us to do in Psalms 136. And give thanks to the Lord for He is good for His mercy endures forever. I think it's worth saying at this point that what our nation is currently going through and I'm not political. I'm just a patriot. I just serve my country. I think it's smart to remember that we put our trust in God. Not man. Not our Senate. Not our Congress. In God. That's where you have to focus. Because the minute you take your eyes off of God, you will despair. God has been faithful to us as a nation. He has been faithful to you as a church. I must have been probably in that location for a short amount of time, and I just, as I arrived, I departed with the sound of nothing, blanking in my trip back home. Now, I don't understand if you, I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like this, and if you ever will. And I don't understand why it happened, but I don't need to. What I know is that God loves me, and He loves you, and He wants to know you better and more intimately. The only way that it's going to happen is if you spend time with Him. He doesn't care what we look like. He doesn't care how much sin you have underneath your lives. He didn't have any problem with the fact that we struggle in life. He just loves us. And what he cares about is spending eternity with us and making sure we know how much he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You are living in eternity now. Study the scriptures. The kingdom of God is within you. Let me ask you a question. When did you or I ever give up our only begotten anything? For those of this world who do not deserve it. I've lived more than most men will in three lifetimes, and what I tell you on this day is the truth. If you're in the middle of the road in life, let me encourage you to find the sidewalk and trust God to do mighty things in your life, even if you don't understand. Make sense? You don't need to understand, do you? No. You're just going to waste your time trying to figure it out get on with your life leave it behind oftentimes when we talk about carrying a load on our shoulders the only reason we're choosing to carry that is because you're choosing to carry it why? because we're control freaks stop being that trust you there's so much that we've been through in life that we will never understand but we have a mission to rescue kids you have a mission every day in your life and all of that stuff is not garbage I'm telling you right now some of those things are important in your life the death of a family a member of your family whatever I'm not saying they're not important but if you're waiting to understand why so many things happen to you or happen to your friends in life that's where you will be waiting and that is not furthering the kingdom of God and I'll tell you what it's not healthy for you you can't carry the weight of the world So, it's not that there's garbage, it's just that whatever garbage there is, you're trying to understand why it's garbage. Who cares? It's garbage. Wait till you get to heaven. Then you can ask God. You have more important things to do. Does that make sense? Yes. Good. Let us pray. Father, thank you. You are the creator of heaven and earth. You assemble your people in such a loving way, Lord, that we have an opportunity and the freedom religion and all the love that you bring to the table is beyond anything we can ever imagine I pray your blessing on this congregation today father that each and every one of them would be okay with not understanding that we would trust you and lean into you we pray for our nation Lord that we would do the same we pray that all things we do, we do for your glory and not for ourselves. And in on this day, Lord, the 24 hours you've given us of this day, that we'll make an effort to touch someone's life out there, Father, that doesn't deserve it. That they don't deserve our love. That they don't deserve our kindness. That they don't deserve to be fed. That they don't deserve to be smiled at or cared for or a kind word we would put ourselves aside and we would be more like you. Thank you, Father. In your name,
0: amen.
2: Sing to worship. Please don't forget about the, the cakes if you want one of them to still, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we hit 60,000? I know. I'm I saying. This weekend has just been phenomenal. Can I just tell you that some of the greatest messages are the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ? You heard one of the most powerful messages. I've been listening to preachers for 30, 40 years. And that was a good one. Can anybody say amen? This weekend was powerful. I want to do two things. I want to pray for us, pray for their ministries, and then let's just go out worshiping, right? You stay in here as long as you want to. So, Father, first we pray for both Boz and Jay Paul, their ministry, their influence, their favor. God, they are doing the will of God and the work of God. So we're asking you that you'd expand. You'd multiply. Even this money that was sown this weekend, I don't know how it could happen, but I'm asking you for a multiplication. In addition, God, let there be enough funds to do what you've called them to do and expand. God, give them favor like they've never seen before in this next season. God, we know that they're in your perfect will and we're so thankful to to couple with him and partner and now we pray for us. God I pray that the message that we heard this morning and we've all wrestled and toiled that we would come into the place of just trusting in the Heavenly Father. So we take a couple moments as we worship this morning and we say you know what the hurt the tragedies the stuff that we see We believe God's big enough and great enough and powerful enough that he's got the whole world in his hands. God, let this be a season where the church rises like never before to put their trust in the living God of the universe. So as we go today, please let us digest this. Let us pray over it. Let us Receive through the holy spirit that it would change us and change others we pray these things as we worship in jesus name let's worship